Good afternoon, good evening, welcome to Dana Slope. I'm Liam. We're pleased to be back after I was gonna say a one week absence, but uh, you, you guys actually recorded something last week with the with the with the gaffer, mm. Lee Johnson. You and Harry, how was it? Did you enjoy yourselves last week? It was good. It was good. Uh it was good to sort of sit down with Slimati and Calvin and all that as well. Uh, I think everyone got a lot of good sort of talking points out of it, and I think it's been pretty well received. But I thought the manager came across really well. Enjoy yourself, uh, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was a barry time. Um, it was good. It was interesting doing stuff with other podcasts as well, something a bit different. I think um, it's nice seeing us all collaborate on something. But I know that I was I was mighty impressed. I got called a um, Harry Clapper, as you've coined, have you coined it, Liam, uh, because I was quite positive about Maloney when he was first appointed. But it was the experience that excited me over this one as opposed to the enthusiasm. So, yeah, I was, I was happy with how it went. Well, I'll be make, I'll be sure to make sure that uh, ask the tough questions uh, tonight. Apparently, podcast don't ask tough questions of people, um, so we'll be, we'll be getting straight into tough questions. And talking to a man who loves tough uh, tough questions, we've got uh, G back with us after what we reckon is about a five or a six week absence, back by by popular demand. I believe. How have you been doing? Yeah, um, I'm very good. Just wondering if you could squeeze the word "good" in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to be back, though. Uh, well, well, that's, that's three or four for you there, by the way, Brett. Yep. It feels like it's been a long time since the four days sat down, actually. It's probably, I don't know, but Sean Maloney's still manager. Probably. Probably. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think towards the end of the season, I just really couldn't be asked talking about how shy Hibs were again. Um, I've had enough of that the previous... 33 games, so I just wanted a wee break, but I'm back. And it's good to know everybody that Greg has not changed one iota in the time that he's been away. Mr. Consistency of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, what, that's what the fans tune in for. So it's what the fans tune in for, indeed. Hey. Right, let's, let's, let's get right into it. Um, we've got a couple of bits of business that we want to talk about before uh, launching straight into our squad review of, I suppose, this season going into next season. Uh, probably the biggest bit of news that's come out of the club in the last sort of week or so, sadly maybe, uh, is the point of two new backroom team members, uh, two assistant managers, um, as fate would have it. Jamie McAllister, who was much talked about, and I think probably in some circles maybe maligned a little bit as well, given his past career exploits, and Adam Owen have been appointed as assistant managers. I'll come to you first, Harry. What was your take on uh, the appointment of those two individuals to the backroom team and the design of them both being assistant managers to the head coach manager. Um, being honest, I, I think it would be um, poor of me to pretend I know much about either of the two of them as individuals. Um, but I, I do like the concept of having two assistant managers. Um, I don't really understand why it's not something that happens more often. I think that um, it's something you see in American sports quite often. You'll have like, you don't hate me for saying the words, but you'll have like an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Um, so I'd like to think that they're two guys that kind of operate different areas of the pitch. Um, so feeding into Lee Johnson, um, it'll be good to have not just an attacking mind or just a defensive mind with them having that um, mixture of the two. If Liam can collect himself. <laughs> 
Just the minute you said offensive uh, in a football podcast, I thought, oh, there's uh, going to be a few eyes rolling, right? right yeah, no, I had to get one in there because we've not been on with Greg in a while. I get him angry. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like I like the structure. Um, obviously, everybody's getting up in a tiffy, but again, it's not like he's a Hearts legend that's joined Dibs. It's just some guy who's had a handful of appearances for them. So it's not really anything that's got me too riled up. Do you think David Gray is going to be a special teams coach then, Harry? <laughs> After the cup final, he's got to be special teams coordinator, mate. Eh? Can he? Can he not go up? Greg, any, any other thoughts on the, the appointments? See, see, to be fair, Harry, Harry is pretty spot on. Um, I do hate him for saying that. And <laughs> um, I, I don't understand why you would need two assistant managers, to be honest. But trust the process, as they say. Um, I made my feelings clear on David Gray continuing in the role last season. My thoughts haven't changed. Probably controversial. Um, but look, I, I'm feeling positive. Maybe that's because I've not watched Hibs pass the ball about aimlessly for 20, 30, 90 minutes in a few weeks. So, yeah, I'm feeling quite positive about it. And I think the the Welsh guys, I think he's Welsh, isn't he? Yeah. He's... Uh, He's coming with a wee bit of a of an interesting CV, a wee bit like Zudas, but hopefully less of a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to use the right there when you talked about Zudas. As soon as I came up, Greg touched on something interesting. Adam Owen has got a really interesting CV. He's one of these guys who, who uh, stopped playing at the age of like 23, 24 and focused his career on coaching. I mean, he didn't have a particularly illustrious playing career, it's fair to say, but there's some pretty impressive clubs on his CV. Um, I was going to say resume there, and I saw Harry, and I was like, I'm not saying fucking resume when he's here. <laughs> uh, so, pretty impressive clubs on his CV. What do you make of that? He's got quite an interesting background, like, like you say, as well. I suppose he, at Rangers, through the sort of maybe when they were coming up through the championship and stuff, as sort of ahead of performance sort of thing, which was maybe more youth team and stuff, heading up an entire thing, being assistant manager at places, being a manager in his own right. Like, He's going to bring in a wealthy experience, and I think it sort of backs up what Lee Johnson said to us last week when we, we when he was asked about uh, backroom staff and that. I don't think, from what I've seen, that there would be any previous link there. Um, obvious link. I think it's been very much he's wanted Jamie McAllister as his right hand man, David Gray, and one other, and they've potentially went with the, who they think is the best man for the job for whatever that purpose is um, two assistant managers is something that I don't think we've seen was it maybe the case when Fenlin had uh, Liam and and Billy Brown as well were they both sort of at the same level maybe Um, but Billy Brown was a level above he's been places and done (laughs) been places (laughs) and done no I think that's a really interesting appointment to be honest Um, and Look, we'll see how it goes. I, I generally don't get too worked up about backroom staff, to be honest. Like, it was the same. Like, everyone was pissed off when Gary Caldwell came in, but like, yeah, like the man. It's, it's the manager's support. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it, it's it's the manager's support support network. Yeah, so like, as long as it works, then we're not going to be talking about the assistant managers and six months to a year are we? I just, I just don't know how they're going to cope without anyone filling the capacity of technical support when Brian Dugan <laughs> left the club <laughs> a big Brian Dugan shaped hole with no one playing the role of technical support whatever that means anyway I think uh, I think we've procrastinated about the, 
comings and goings of Hibby back in team enough. Um, there's not really been any other news in the transfer front, sadly, this week. Um, but there's there's yeah. there's some gossip which we're going to come on to talk about in the squad review as we go through each of the players. So, um, I uh, I promised the boys that I was going to do something that I was going to make this really pretty and pull it all into PowerPoint documents, and we were going to see lots of players in different places. But I've failed enormously on that. So what we have is a big ugly Excel spreadsheet that I'm going to share on screen, and we're going to walk through the the club and um, players from from start to end and just looking at what we've got to work with next season. And this is purely based on not what the guys think the manager will do, but what they would do with the squad. We'll walk through each of the players in turn and just spend a couple of minutes on each of them uh, and their sort of status within the squad, if you like. So just going to pull this up on my screen just now. So probably would recommend if you want to get the full pleasurable viewing experience. Normally to see our four mugs, I would recommend joining on YouTube so you can see this incredible document that's in front of you right now. Um, but we'll start and 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 basically to set the scene, I gave the guys four options, start, bench, loan or sell, um, and they had to kind of input which of those options they would choose for each of the players. Harry uh, also did create well, a fifth option. Yeah, he went for a fifth option, so he showed some ingenuity there by uh, adding an extra option. We'll call it ingenuity and not being a fucking prick. Uh, <laughs> but he is um, definitely a prick as well. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that, aye. So, I mean, let's, let's get started. I mean, I, th I think we all shared our thoughts maybe Greg wasn't on that one to be fair but I think the three of us certainly shared our thoughts on the side of David Marshall I think we're all really happy with David Marshall it's not a surprise to see that a guy who's amassed 40 odd caps for Scotland and has played at a pretty high level uh, being chosen to start by all four of us in the, on the podcast I see some buzz and agreement that will come as no surprise to anyone the next on the list is Matt Macy um, and all four of us have chosen to sell him um, there might be some movement on that front today with the news that uh, Luton and St Johnston are apparently looking to actually pay a fee for him as well which would be nice um, to be fair from, see if it was Luton I'd give him a piggyback down the road I'm, to be honest given where Luton being at the championship this season I'm very surprised that they're looking to sign Matt Macy um, yeah, they were in playoffs right uh, and I think yeah. they'll be in a bit shout at the playoffs again next season to keep the core of that squad together but, must uh, be uh, must be looking for someone to well, uh, I was going to say make the tea, but he wouldn't be able to carry the tea because he fucking spills everything. So <laughs> ignore me. Uh, I think I know. I know we're not. But we could. This podcast could go on for four hours if we sit and talk about every player. But I think when it comes to Messi, like he's fine. I think that's generally when you the stats bear that out. He's he's been like not done too much that's cost any like howlers of goals no done anything that's really stopped any sort of wonder save if you like Marciano-esque and like for me when I put in sell it was very much like he's not going to be on a, a small wage you've brought Marshall in you've got Dabrowski kicking about like of the goalies at the club it makes sense to for that he's the one that moves on as far as I'm concerned yeah. Uh, I just just my um, two cents on that as well. I think that Macy is a good goalkeeper, but not good enough. Um, I think that just realistically, Hibs kind of need that goalkeeper. Like we've never been a defensively heavy team, so having a goalkeeper that you can rely on to make big saves and not kick the ball out three times a game, I think is probably the bare minimum. Um, and he's yeah, just not Macy's that. not a good goalie, Harry. Let's just leave it there. He's not good at all, and nothing he does is good. He's dreadful. He's the eighth or ninth best goalkeeper in the league if you if you want to use statistics. Uh, depends on the that's not good. Statistics. 
No, and and, and I think that you know Sir Johnston are rumoured to sign to sign on that would look to weaken them because I think Xander Clark statistically speaking yeah. at least is a better goalkeeper than Matt Macy. So, um, I yeah, I I, I think that uh, there's no surprise that we're all unanimous on that one. Um, Kevin Dubrovsky, there's a bit of this is one of the more interesting ones where there's a, a couple of different options. I'll come to you first, Greg, because I'm interested to hear your rationale, your thinking behind sending him out on loan. Um, I think that all we're really doing at the moment is keeping him on the bench and that that's just holding back his development, to be fair, that he's not gaining anything from it. Um, like if we're going to put a goalie on the bench, why not just put, put Mitchell on the bench and then send Dubrovsky out on loan and we can look to develop him instead of just letting him sit on the bench in his full kit week in, week out. It doesn't really make any sense to do that. Well, we'll have Mitchell on the bench because you, you'll have sold him. Yeah, well, but at the moment aye. we do. <laughs> we'll get on to that. Stop being picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and you got coming. Aye, it's just, I think the reason I've went bench is that I agree with Greg. As for Browski needs games, I think we've seen six games they played last season. And I, I would just give him the exact same level of praise that Macy got. He was all right. He was fine. He never, you know, like if I'm honest, he was honking at Aberdeen. But you know what I mean? He was good in the derby, poor at Aberdeen, and fine in the other games he played. Like that, that, that. And I think for his career, he does need games. But from a squad perspective, I'd be holding on to him because I don't want us to be loaning Dabrowski out to then go and sign a number two goalkeeper. Like, surely that money can be utilised better elsewhere. Don't you sign a goalie? You'd have Murray Johnson on the bench, for example, who's a very capable keeper. This is the thing. I'm not playing. Nah. Under no circumstances <clears throat> should Murray Johnson have to play a first team game next season. Not under no circumstances. 17. You, you might not have to. But why why not why not already create that, that pathway from the youth team into I the think first it team? Is there, Greg, but it's <clears> under, like, I don't think... won the league. I'm not saying that, that it, makes yeah. them world beaters, but I think that there's something there. No, I, I, I agree, and I think the path is there, and I think it will be in whatever the club are looking to do with the development squad. We need to wait and see what, what comes of that, but goalkeeper's not a position. We, David Marshall's 37. Like, he's you're probably getting two years out of him. Max, maybe three. <clears throat> like, Dabrowski is, for me, still a long-term option at Hibs, and I still think there's some good value in having him involved at the club every day because what I wouldn't want to do is loan him out to a League One team who's part-time because I think he's better than that. So I feel like if you are loaning him, it has to be to a full-time team. And is he at a level where he would go and start week in, week out in the Premiership? Probably not. If he goes to the he Championship... He could start week in, week out in the Championship. That's a good level. Yeah, but then he's not involved in things like if, if the style of play Lee Johnson wants to, to roll out etc like I do I think there's an argument to I mean we talk about distribution a lot with goalkeepers if Lee Johnson <coughs> wants to play out it's probably better Chef that Dabrowski's in and around at least for the first six months of his tenure I would think Well then if they want to have a good point it would be a part time team and he could still train a Hibs in I, I don't <coughs> it's, 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 it's a difficult one and he's coming to what is he 24 like, it is, it is a really, I think this season is sort of do or die for him and his Hibs career, if I'm honest. 
think he's out of contract at the end of the season as well. quite a lot of players in that boat. I'm sure we'll touch on that as yeah. we move on. There's quite a lot of guys with a year left. I think next year really feels like it's a year where we've got a lot of expiring contracts that are going to wind up. Right, uh, Harry, you, you're the only person we've not heard from so far on Dabrowski. I'll, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, so for, for Dabrowski, I think we should keep him. I'm a big fan of two things. One, I'm a big fan of um, senior players mentoring younger players, especially in positions like goalkeeper, where I think he could learn a lot from Marshall. And secondly, I'm a big fan of cup goalkeepers. Um, I think we've got five games in which he can kind of show his trade and then in the League Cup, definitely play him. Um, I, just, I just don't see the harm in, because I agree that he needs first team football. And with Hibs having good a good cup record in the last few years, I think he's guaranteed a good 10 games minimum if we keep him at the club. Um, so in my opinion, I'd keep him playing in the Cups. Right, OK. We're going to go for bench. We're going to bench him. He's on the bench. If I can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey! Superb. Right, here we go. We're cooking with gas. Uh, David Mitchell, right, again, no surprises. The unanimous sell. Uh, he's currently, I think, still the goalkeeping coach until we appoint someone new. So... Maybe like he's actually into coaching capacity. I think he's actually head of goalkeeping coaching now, um, which is madness. I'd just like to say I only said sell because I didn't want to do what Harry's done. I, I like again, like if he's there serving a purpose as sort of the emergency emergency backup, he's probably on pennies. I wouldn't like I would let him sit there and pick up a wage. Um, we like, use like, them, I, so why would you keep him? I like. I just. I didn't want to add in a. Uh, that was, I didn't want to add in a um an option that wasn't there, Liam. Um, but I didn't think he was a sell or a bench. <laughs> well, to be fair, Harry created a a role for him. Can always just use Harry's role as coach. <laughs> Mentor, right? Uh, I right, mean, he's not part of the squad. He shouldn't be seen as part of the first team squad. Fair enough. Right, centre backs. Right, so if this is your very first time uh, ever listening to podcasts, you might be really surprised to see uh, that G has decided to sell Paul Hanlon. For everybody else, it will come as absolutely no surprise whatsoever. I'm going to come to one of those that's in the majority first, though. Um, I'll come to you first, Harry. What's your thinking behind benching Paul Hanlon? Um, I, I think Paul Hanlon's like, I, I don't think he's good enough to start 30 plus games a season. I think he's good enough to start 15. Um, I think that strong depth is always a good thing to have and there's not very many good left-footed centre-backs in the Scottish game. He's probably in the top five. Um, I don't think that's incorrect. So having that in the squad, I think, is just a useful asset. Greg, might the case of the prosecution. Go on. <laughs> he's, he's definitely not in the top five anyway. Um, no, top five left-footed centre-backs. Name four better than him. Yeah. Oh, wait, you can't. Eh? Me, me. <laughs> five times. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm not having it. I overstayed as welcome, adds nothing, wouldn't even have a mention of anyone because imagine learning off him. Um, yeah, definitely not. First to go, too much sentiment in this football club. He's first to go. Am I right in thinking that Hanlon's deal runs till the end of the season? That's his deal, I think that is, isn't it? He'll, like so. he'll, probably, he'll probably get a coaching role. To be fair, um, I'm not sure. Be the norm. I, I'm not. I don't think that. Yeah, see, I don't think that's going to be on offer. Uh, I, I, I just was it just from murmurs that have come out of the club, and I think potentially Lee Johnson mentioned it last week when 
I think it might be Harry that asked about David Gray. I don't think we're going to see too many. I don't think Darren McGregor, Lewis Stevenson, Paul Hanlon are guaranteed roles at the club in terms of coaching. There might be other things available for them, but unless there's a position that needs to be filled at the point in time they decide to retire, I don't think they're just going to be given them. Whereas perhaps when Leanne Dempster and that were in place, maybe they would have been. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, gee, you made you made a strong case for the for the selling, but I'm afraid Paul Hanlon is going to be around next season. They're going to bench him, I'm afraid, based on the fact he didn't vote in three one. Another reason. Yeah, that's fair enough. Liam, you need Liam, you need to start giving us your opinions. I, 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 I'll always evolve. So I'll start with Ryan Porteous. So I think we've all we've all said that Ryan Porteous is a star again, a unanimous unanimous uh, decision. I think my sense is that will probably be taken out of the club's hands, hands, I should say, based on murmurs that we're hearing. I think we all recognise what an important player he could be, particularly when we're going on a rebuild. But got to put a question to you. Um, he's only got a year left in his contract, so that probably reduces the amount that we could look to receive. Would you rather have, say, a paltry figure like five hundred grand in the bank, or would you rather keep him for another year? You know, keep him. Yes or no. Uh, north, north, north of five, north of seven fifty. Sell under seven fifty. Sell just because I think, yeah, the couple of league positions. I think he is that important. So yeah. you know, if it was north of seven fifty, then I would probably ship. But if what not, do you think, Harry? Um, it's it's a tricky one because um I think Europe, especially if you could somehow get third place. Is automatic group stages these days, which is like mega money. Um, however, there's murmurs he doesn't necessarily want to be here, um, just because he's kind of wanting to go down south, which is fair enough. He's at the stage of his career where he's earned that. Um, so yeah, no, I'm about the same with you, but I'd say a million. If someone offered a million for him, I'd take it, but less than that, I'd feel we were shorthanded. Starting them anyway, we're keeping them until until which point we receive. Hey, hey, and this hypothetical, we're signing them on a five-year deal. <coughs> just, uh, just, just for what it's worth, I would anything less than one and a half million. I wouldn't sell them. To be honest, I, I don't, I don't see any value in that. He's a player that can get us to European football. So, the only thing I'd say to less, that, so... anything less than one point five million, I wouldn't take. Anything more than that, I, I would accept. But. Yeah, I, and what I, I find it is still, what does it's just that question of what does one and a half million look like when that translates onto the pitch in terms of either another players but also what is the difference? What is one and a half million in prize money? Is it what maybe a league cup win or is it the difference? No, but that's 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 when you're saying there's no value. I think there, there probably is. I'd like to think the club <laughs> have a figure. I would and much I would rather always... watch <clears throat> Ryan Port just for half season and get anything below one and a half million. That that's my value. Yeah. I would get much more value watching them every week than accepting less than one and a half million. Yeah. And I don't it's think that's a bad thing for the club to do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's to be honest, if, quite, um, if he's suspended, then I like that because he's putting the tackles in, so I don't mind it. Or kicking people on the balls like it was at Aberdeen at home, wasn't it? N- nothing wrong with that. As long as folks don't eat grass. <laughs> oh, class. Right, Porteous is staying. We're signed a five-year deal. The next one, right, this is where Harry's ingenuity comes in interesting. Uh, three of us have said sell. I mean, clearly I'm not thinking sell Dan McGregor for Megabucks. My thinking was sell him um, 
that actually really need to just find a role from someone else in the club because I think he probably does, based on his service, I think he probably does deserve some sort of coaching coaching role if that's what he's interested in. But I think we're all kind of agreed that probably not a first team player next season. Aye, because yeah. um, I was I was going to be a proper dick and I was going to change the handling one to like McGregor role, where in the sense that I don't really want him as a bench player, but I want him to be there if needed. Um, so yeah, but for McGregor, I couldn't bring myself to say leave the club because that would just kind of break my heart. Greg, you have full permission to call me a loser. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to do anything that you say if I call you a loser. It's on my terms. <laughs> oh dear, loser. Right. <laughs> right, we've created a whole new category for Harry just for Harry. Why, why, McGregor. Uh, just out of curiosity, is he a defensive coach, Harold? Uh, be defensive coordinator, mate. I think he'd do a really good job. Perfect. No, I agree, yeah. mate. Defensive <laughs> coordinator sounds yeah. good to me. Strolled against the Johnson, though. Strolled against He did, right. to be fair. They can win a heater. The, the next guy, I don't think I've ever seen a guy who has played so few minutes for Hibs, love Hibs quite as much as this guy. Alan Belferi, Mr. Green Loveheart on Twitter. He just absolutely... He, I, he, I think he's his own best PR person. Eh? He, just, he just seems to love tweeting about a club that he's played a grand total of about seven minutes worth of football for, eh, which is really quite impressive. I think there's a bit of a consensus here in terms of benching him, but we'll come to you first, Harry, just because you've gone for a slightly different option. What's your thinking mind going in, Mr. Belferia? I, as, as you say, I love the guy because his enthusiasm and that, but I just haven't seen enough, well, I haven't seen anything of him to say that he warrants being on the bench. Like, ideally, I think we have a full new depth of centre-backs, excluding Porches next season. Um, I still think the guy's really young and from what I've heard from reviews of him, really raw. Um, I don't think that a season in the Championship to try and get a bit of physicality about his game um, would do him any harm. Championship is the league of physicality I think it's, after all. I think it's definitely <laughs> one for me that it's squad, isn't it? It's, the, it's, it's like, I just don't know if there's value in loan him because we brought him in and he had like second tier experience in France and Belgium already, so he's already got that under his belt, so really it's probably not good this summer to Dabrowski in the sense that he'll either kick on this season or he'll be away at the end of the summer, mm. at the end of next season. should probably say about himself, put him in centre-back, so I think he's as much a right-back as he is a centre-back, and I think he came on and played Golden McGee. You can kind of put folk like that absolutely anywhere. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Delferia, because I think he, he is probably a guy who I can't see him playing a huge number of minutes next season. So uh, it does feel a bit, a bit like wasted effort talking about him in any real detail, but we'll stick him on the bench with uh, with the others. Right. Oh, I've spelled his name wrong. Oh, dearie me. That's the first first error. Right. <laughs> Don't even next. get the reaction in there either. That's just amateur hour. Ah, it is, mate. Tell me about it. If I knew how to do an accent on that keyboard, that <laughs> would, uh, for sure. Right. Uh, Mr. Mr. Josh Noig, another one we would be expect there's going to be a little bit of interest in. I think, am I right to say it was Sheffield United who were paired with, with a bit of interest uh, yeah. in maybe about a month or so ago? Um, unanimously, we're saying we're going to start him. Greg, how important is this upcoming season for Josh Noig and his development? It's huge. I mean, he had a, a very good first season. Uh, he maybe didn't start last season very well, but he, he finished the season strongly. Um I don't see any benefit in him leaving, to be honest. I don't think it would be good for him. It would be good for his career. But if he was to get another year at Hibs, developing, 
playing week in, week out. That's only going to help him, to be honest, in the way that he was playing towards the end of the season was was top class. So I, I don't really see any benefit in him leaving. I think he's quite a clever enough boy where he can understand that as well. So yeah, I think he joy to watch when he's when he's running down the wing taking players on. Maybe we need to do that a wee bit more. But I think under Lee Johnson, you know, who likes to play with wingers and likes to get forward, this could be a season where he really clicks. Could be interesting for Doig moving into a back four as well. Obviously, he was used yeah. more often than not in a sort of back three, back five system last season. Um, maybe a bit more onus, a bit more pressure on him to go forward. But he also kind of played on the left of a back three. So hopefully those are all things that will aid his development if we do go back to... I think it's really really suspectful back playing with a back four. Um, but consensus reach, uh, Josh Doig is a starter next season. At the next yeah. one, Mr. Hibbs, Lou Stevenson. Four of us. Again, another. It's fucking amazing when we all agree, eh? You, Lou Stevenson, <laughs> four times over on the bench. Lou Stevenson has been one of our best players this season, though, you? Aye. Yeah, but he shouldn't have to be. Like, like, he, he was. And uh, we spoke about it. I think everyone's half oh, we played them in midfield all season. Would we have finished in the top half? Probably not. Like, you know, like, you know, like, probably we wouldn't have. Um, Lewis Stevenson's role for the last two seasons has been bench and impact and being a, being capable of coming in and playing 20 games across the season or however many, probably too many last season uh, if we'd had a more appropriate squad size in certain areas of the park. But no, uh, more than happy for him to be kicking around the squad, challenging for places. Um, yeah, and I still think he would be more than capable of stepping in for Josh Doig uh, if he was injured at the back well, and left back or, or, or the field. Hayes, right. or yeah, exactly. Maybe Kevin Nisbet if needed. Or right. David Marshall, to be honest. <laughs> I, like, I, I just... Um, I think he was... Yeah, he's rightfully got player of the year of the players one um, and more than capable of still operating at this level. I love the phrase, bare minimum, but he's just doing his job whenever he plays, but he does it to a higher standard than anyone else. Um, so I, I don't think there's a place for him in the start of living, to be honest, but if he's on the bench and he's more than capable of coming on and doing a shift. I, I- it's not the best game to potentially use given the result and also maybe the type of game, but I think the Scottish Cup semi-final did show that Lewis Stevens is still capable of performing to a really good level and a, and effectively as high a stakes game as we're going to get. You know, like, we definitely lost something when he went off that day as well. Um, and game was, box as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Probably the best player in the game uh, that day. Right. Like these ones are easy because we 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 know what we're doing. And Lewis Stevenson's going to be on the bench part of the squad next season. It'll be great for him around. And to be honest, the, the rate he's racking up appearances, he's probably got a scope to move up that all-time appearance list even even higher over the next season or two. Um, the next one is a bit of a split decision on Dimitri Mitchell. I've got to be honest, I saw probably only really bits of Dimitri Mitchell last season. The game against Livingston where he scored, which I think maybe was his debut and a couple of other performances then kind of getting ruled out with injury. He came back very briefly, but then got injured again. So really hard to make a call on Dimitri Mitchell uh, so far. We'll come to you first, Larry, because you, you, you've got him down here as a starter. Where do you see him fitting in next season in terms of that starting 11? And talk to me a little bit more about your thinking for starting. 
being honest, I see him as a starter, but um, more of a winger, to be honest. I think that he's like direct players sound like they'll be the type of players that will work well in Lee Johnson's system. And that's the thing that kind of struck me immediately when he came into the team. He just likes to get on the ball and dribble. Um, I think he'll get himself in a few dangerous positions. I don't think he'll score many goals because he doesn't strike me as a natural finisher of the ball. But um, yeah, especially when we'll come on to it later on. But if you look at the wide players we've currently got at the club, um, we're absolutely struggling. Um, So for me, um, we'd need to bring in at least two or three players before he's put down to the bench when it comes to the uh, either left or right wing role. I think he's versatile to play either. Mm. You've, you've probably seen just as little of Dimitri Mitchell's ask, yeah. Greg. What's your thinking about having him on the bench? Well, more of an impact player, to be honest. I don't think he's a player that that offers what we need for the 90 minutes. I think he is more of an impact player. Don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a bad player. and can maybe step in when, when others are out, but for me, he doesn't he doesn't get a game for Josh like anyway. Um, when a dog's playing that more advanced role or whatever, he doesn't get a game for him. Um, so for that, I'd have to say the bench. Right, it's going to be a tough one to decide on you, and you've got the uh, you've not got the casting vote going. Convince me that Dimitri Mitchell's to start. Uh, I think he's better than being seen as a squad player, which was generally how I treated categorising people as bench. Um, we can say how good Josh Doig is. Dimitri Mitchell contributed more goals and assists than Josh Doig did last season. Um, so, you know, like I didn't speak about Josh Doig. Doig's got to massively improve in the final third. If I'm honest, his crossing's pathetic. He, he kicks it out in the park to cross his men than Macy did for goal kicks. But I think Mitchell's a really good option to have. Will he be a dead set uh, starter every week? No, but Aye, I, I just didn't. I felt categorising him as bench was wrong. Um, I think play. I think him on the left hand side with Doig could probably work quite well, uh, alongside a duo that I'd like to see on the right hand side. So I think right now he's the starting left winger. Um, right. What comes in, we don't know. Okay, yeah, mate, you convinced me. You said, and then I'm convinced. <laughs> and then you, you came up with that stat about Josh Doig getting more more things out for crosses than Matt Mason did for goal kicks, and I just immediately invalidated the stat that you used. No, so but like, you've lost, lost all credibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Doig has a really bad. Doig has a oh, really bad tendency of. I don't know if he tries to cross when he's off balance or that, but on two three times a game he'll get to the byline and his cross just does nothing it'll just drift it over the over the back over the back of the net he just, he's young and I'm sure it'll improve but he does really need to get better in the final third he should have more than one goal for me no I don't I don't disagree with that but the the hyperbole was too much for me so I've had to, <laughs> I've had to mark him as yellow right the next two were so easy so you've probably got I think he was our consensus player of the season and he was certainly the fans' consensus, more importantly, player of the season last season, Chris Cadden. No surprise to see him as a starter. Uh, and then Harry Clark, also a starter. Let's just very quickly touch on each of these. Um, so Chris Cadden, if Lee Johnson plays a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, what position does he play, Greg? Not centre-half anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he would probably have to play at right-back. To be fair, and then I'd maybe move Clark up to the three in the middle. Um, 
So yeah, we'd have to play right back. I think right back or right wing back is his position. Anyone else is a no-no. Um, you and Shakespeare's feet don't really give a fuck. Um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we'd have to right back or right wing back are the only the only two options for me. You and I'll come up with some mad stab about how Chris no, Carroll is more positive pitch than Matt Macy as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. No, I just don't yeah, think must be, must be something in the water now. Or... He's just not good. He's just not good enough at the back to play right back. Like he's, okay. he's, he's he's just not good enough in a flat four to play right back. I think we've seen that a go. few times this season. Like and on, I don't think there's been evidence of Chris Cadden having a good game as right back. If to answer your question, Liam, if it was a four-two-three-one, he plays on the right of that. If it's a four-three-three, then I think he could potentially do an option on the side of the midfield three or on the right wing. But for me, just like I mentioned with Mitchell and Doig, I would like to see Cadden and Clark given the right hand side, and I find that gives you plenty of threat on both wings and a little bit of flexibility as well. But I don't think he's good enough for the, for the flat on a flat back four. So okay, you and we're coming up to Paul McGinn. You can make a, a case for him in a flat back four. Paul yeah. McGinn's better at right back than this guy. Can, can I just say something? You're literally basing this off a guy who you've not seen play right back. How many times did he play right back last season? With two managers that played three at the back. Who? He played right back against Sunday United and got ripped up for Arsenal. For then played against right Maloney, switched to a back four two or three times and got absolutely done as well. But the one game he started what, what, at right back, he got ripped for Arsenal. By Dundee what United. What game was that? We got beat three now. Three 0 game. But everyone was getting ripped for Arsenal. Yeah. Your main man <laughs> Paul McGinn and Paul Hanlon were getting absolutely torn apart. Paul McGinn well. was playing. Well, <laughs> fucking Hanlon then. <laughs> To be fair, he also had a few shoppers of left wing as well, but I had But you and what other side play right once. back and left wing? <laughs> um, I just don't think he's good enough at right back. I just don't think he is. Where's, where, where would Harry Clark fit in, Harry? Um, Harry Clark, for me, I would rather see Harry Clark behind Cadden. Um, and see him at right back if it was a black, flat back four. Um, I also think he's versatile enough to play centre back, like. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a difficult one because he's the type of player that you want to see him in the team. But I think what Greg said is quite interesting. I think he could actually do a job in midfield. I think he's tenacious enough to actually, and he's good on the ball. Um, so I actually think the role that Doyle Hayes played, but a slightly more dynamic ball carrier. Mind where we played Martin Boyle at the right hand side of Diamond. Was it Aberdeen at home? I think maybe under right one of Jack Rossi's first games. I could see Harry Clark working well there. I think you raised that point a couple of weeks ago, did you then? Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him on the right of the three in the middle, to be honest. I think sort of tucked in ever so slightly. I think he's a good enough footballer to be able to um, play that position. And I think oh, it's worth aggression. Uh, oh, I don't think he'll be here next season. No, no, I kind of feel the same, to be honest. I think the mood music probably yeah. feels like he won't be, but you never know. You never know. But anyway, we've all got him and Cad there as starters. No surprise there. Those were two of the easy ones. Um, right, this is a, a slightly more contentious one because this person has, I was going to say just signed a contract extension, but I think uh, this is the contract extension was signed or triggered a while ago. Uh, Paul McGinn uh, is going to be at the club for another year, just in case you missed it. We forgot to mention it in the news because, you know, it's obviously hugely newsworthy. <laughs> but, gee, you are not of the opinion that Paul McGinn should still be around. Um, no. You've got to sell him. Tell us why. 
Um, can't defend. Adds no value. Um, dreadful in the cup final against Celtic. Um, him and his pal Hanlon sold each other. Um, ju- just don't think he's even good enough for the bench, to be honest. Whether people agree with that or not, I'm, I'm not really bothered, but he, he's not good enough for the bench, in my opinion. He, he is bottom six club. I know, obviously, we finished there last season, but we are better than that. As a football club, he, he's a St. Johnston player. Um, not for me. I, I don't think he adds enough value to the, to the, to the squad. I understand he scored goals last season, probably one of the only ones that did, but I, I just don't think there's enough defensive qualities about him um, and enough footballing about about him to to warrant getting getting kept. He's triggered a, a contract, which is extremely fortunate for him, but yeah, I don't think he's got enough ability um, to be at this football club. No, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah. and he's an absolute loser as well. Just in the bargain there. You just you just had to get a wee extra bit, a wee bit extra sitting on top of there, eh? some sprinkles. Of course, <laughs> some of sprinkles course. on top of that to be. I mean, my my, my thing from Paul again is very much that he's he's probably had more more good games than bad for me over the time that he's been at the club. Um, I think there's definitely. There's definitely merit in him for me being around on the basis that he can probably fill in at least two positions. Um, but I'm, I, I think you said you and maybe weeks and weeks ago that you'd be worried if he played more than 15 games a season. I think the problem with Colm again and his time at is he's been relied upon far too heavily yeah. for me. He's played too many games. He was signed as a, a really as a guy to come in and back up because we had an injury. I think it was Jason Naismith went down for the rest of the season and we went and signed him. Yep. We, we, we signed him as a backup and he's pretty much been a nailed on starter when he's been fit and that for me probably lays bare some of the issues that we've had with recruitment particularly in the defensive areas because we've not signed centre-halves and we've been centre-halves and really signed right-backs either so that's probably why he's played more games than I would like as much as uh, G did mount a very strong uh, case for selling him I think this year as I said bench he is going to be on the bench he's going to be hanging How many games should they play next season? I mean, that's it. I mean, it's it's. it's you would so think not many. You would like you would think so, in the in the current way of the squad, with Cadden and Clark right now contracted to Hibs next season, you would think not too many. But also, then you have to look at because right now, as Liam's got listed there, you've got three first choice defenders. One of which we're quite certain might be retiring this summer. Like so, as it stands, you could probably envisage him playing twenty games with one injury. You know, like with with one injury in a certain area of the squad, he could be playing a lot. But he, I think Paul McGinn had a poor season. He the, he was in poor form, got injured. That was poor season. And then, uh, like, but again, I'll come back to it. We can talk about he, he played had a really good season in COVID. They finished third, and I'll come back to the goals and assists. He's, Again, more effective than a Josh Doig in the final third. Like whether you like it or not, whether you think he looks clumsy, whether you think he puts in bad balls, whether you think he got a lot of stick at the start of the season for there seemed to be a uh, trend of goals coming in from the right hand side. But like, yes, yeah, stop the cross or defend the cross better, whatever. But 
he's effective in the final third for someone in that position, especially someone that spent a lot of time at right centre-half as opposed to even right-back or right-wing-back. Like, I know goals and assists can sometimes be a little bit clouded. You know, it could hit off a la James Scott, hit off your arse and go in, but like, it's just, I think he had a really hard time at this season, probably rightfully so, but then it's continued even when he was injured and stuff, which I, I would question. On, on Paul McGinn's head pass when he goes at will say he was a solid throw, throw stop. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll, that'll be the words used to describe him because that is pretty much epitomises what he is as a guy. Solid throw. Anyway, that's us covered goalkeepers and defenders. It's been a bit of a slog to get through those. It's taken a right. time, so we're going to up the pace of the second half. Um, Harry, I love you for your controversial shouts and your 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 like opinions that come over the place. Talk me through your rationale for selling Jonio. All right, so so let me let me tell you about Jonio. Jonio, um, I've heard enough under, of Harry already. <laughs> under Jack no, no, Ross no, no, when no, we no, finished. No. can we? I thank someone. Let me speak. Thank you. Um, under Jack Ross in the season we finished third, Jonio had a very good season. He was consistent throughout, and he was definitely one of our better players. Uh, it's worth noting that during that season, um, he had some very bad performances, and that. Co- that coincided with the rest of the team having very bad performances. This season, I think Joe Newell was incredibly subpar. I think he was very underwhelming. And when we needed leaders, particularly in the middle of the pitch with Kyle McGuinness going down, it was a perfect time for Joe Newell to step up and be a proper leader of the team. And for want of a better term, he shot the bed. I think that the biggest game of the season, he lost the head, got himself sent off. I think consistency... Uh, he's not called out on it enough. He's massively inconsistent. He has one good performance and then goes quiet for the next four games. Um, when we had Doyle Hayes come in the team, um, he didn't do anything to help develop Doyle Hayes' game and they both just clashed with each other the entire season. I think that I'd, I'd like, I would love Neil to stay and prove me wrong and make me look like an absolute arsehole, but I think he's on good money. And for the type of player that Johnson wants, I don't think that Neil's good enough. I think that he's overhyped, especially on the basis of last season. And unless he can get consistent and can actually perform when the team's not playing great, I don't see the value in him being a permanent start at the club. I don't disagree with any of that, by the way. Wait, uh, that. I, I, I know I've put him in the start, and, but I, I think Joe Neal these days is one of the best midfielders in the league. Yeah, 100%. But he has his day 10 times a season. Uh, and and I, I I struggle to disagree with anything Harry said, to be honest with you. Is is the challenge there as much about him as the people that are surrounding? Not I'm not looking to try and find excuses yeah. for him, but yeah. how much yeah. is it that the issue that he doesn't have the right player or players surrounding him? See, the, my, my yeah. problem with that, sorry, um, if he's a young player, that's completely fine. He's one of the veterans of the team. Like he's one of the older players that should be helping be a mentor to the other players and having the mindset, or not mindset, but just only matching the rest of the team when you're supposed to lead the team forward and mapping it's not good enough to not be one of the top performers. Like last season, that should have been, John Yo should have been player of the year, 100%. He, he was our best player in the middle of the park and he never showed it at all. The, the one thing for me, I think I would agree with what you're saying earlier, but not necessarily that he's not got... I, don't, I still don't think he's been played in his best position. I don't think he's a holding midfielder. Like, what I, is it? That is the one thing. I think he's a box. I think for me, a midfield three of a good number six with Kyle McGinnis on either side would potentially be up there as one of the best in the league. But that 
proper holding midfielder, whether you want to say Marvin Bartley, Mark Milligan, Mark Ogg, Dylan McGeoch, if we can get that position right, I think it frees up Joe Neal to be a little bit more box-to-box. Box. I, I don't think pocketing him, sitting in front of the uh, sitting in front of the defence is right. I think one of the big frustrations with Joe Neal is, you'll see it in maybe in second half of games, he'll drive forward, he'll get to the byline, he'll create chances for himself, unfortunately, and not score them. But I think he's capable of being more effective in the final third, but at times we have pocketed him into trying to play this deep lying midfield role. So he can't he can't shoot, he can't score goals, so what's the point of playing a box to box then? You see you see that you see that when he had about ten minutes of time and it took him eleven minutes to take the shot. So there's no point playing on box to box. He has to play deep lying because that's unfortunately that's that's all he's shown last season is that he can do. He can't score goals. We've seen that, so there's no point in playing on box to box. Mm-hmm. He is good as a deep line player. The problem is, is Doyle Hayes plays truck and trailer one or game, and they're no further than five yards apart from each other at any one time. That's the problem. We need more of a dynamic midfield. Jake Doyle Hayes and Joe cannot play together. They're far too similar. That that Did is the issue. Could you- do you think Neil could do that job, Greg? Like that I've said, they're not how I've said potentially having mm-hmm. one, and then Neil McGinnis either side. Do you think Neil can be that one? Even if you had Neil and then Clark and McGinnis on the other side, they could do that job. He can't. He can't. He can't. Yeah, I, I would say so. I think there's a good point where you made about Clark being in the midfield. I'd play him there. He's tenacious. He's aggressive enough to play there. He's also forward thinking. McGinnis scores goals. So for me. You have two attacking and one sitting. That's plenty. You know you don't need any more. Jonio jo- doesn't even need to sit that, sit that deep. Yeah, if he can, he can dictate the play. He's shown that he can dictate play, but he, can, he can't get forward and shoot because he takes three weeks. So yeah. he has a role in the team, and for me, he's the anchor, and the other two go. Uh, I'm I'm probably with you on that one because I just think he. Uh, Aye, far too often he's got himself in positions where he's got a bit further forward to, to shoot and he's not done it for so many games last season mm-hmm. or just the efforts have been tame and I just don't think playing him any further forward and he's not going to contribute anything in terms of goals is, is, is a bit of a waste really so he is going to be around we're going to start him um, but only just uh, I think his report card for last season's a, probably a C- minus or something like that I don't think it's been a great, a great, great time so far new deal as well didn't he? he did aye he did so he's staying Right, Jay Doyle Hayes, bench, 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 bench. No surprise. Um, given what we've just said about Joe Newell, I don't think we need to expand on that anymore. Uh, a player that probably doesn't complement those that we've already got at the club. I think we'd all agree there's definitely something there in terms of ability, showing it flashes, but probably not consistently enough to warrant being a starter. But he also does have a four-year contract or something like that, so he's, he's staying on the bench. Tell him again. His head's career has been quite similar to what some other fans said about him. In terms of started the season well and relatively. Yeah, relatively. Kyle McGinnis. Right. The fitness of Kyle McGinnis, the 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 thousand dollar question, million dollar question. Um <clears throat> Harry, I'm just gonna start with you again here. How important is getting a fit Kyle McGinnis back next season for Hibs and for the way that Lee Johnson wants to play? With no doubt in my mind, Kyle McGuinness is far and away the best player at the club. Um, we should keep him. If he gets injuries, then it's something we have to deal with, unfortunately. Um, letting him go for a minimal fee or releasing him would just be absolute insanity. 
if, if for as long as we can keep him playing football, we should keep him at the club as long as possible. He's an absolute vital asset, and I think he's our best player. Anyone disagree with that? I think he's our best well, player. Well, well worth the wait. Well worth the wait. Who's a better player than like? I think when both, if we're in this hypothetical situation, if both players are playing at 100% the best form, I still think Kevin is a better player. Than. Yeah. But yeah. extremely, extremely important. And if that, uh, like, the paid them are the first name on the team sheet, that's not Lant or Kyle McGinnis. I just think if both players are at 100%, I think Kevin Nisbet's a better player and is potentially more likely to uh, have a more successful career. But again, there's also that the fact as a striker generally tends to unbiased it as well, doesn't it? But, you know, Kyle McGinnis, every day of the week starts for me if he's, if he's fit and ready to go. We'll move on, but just to say, I, uh, sorry, sorry, carry on, Harold. I was going to say I disagree with the comment, but I respect your opinion on that because it's fair. Thanks. <laughs> people, um, people make such a big deal out of being injured, but people pick up injuries and, and it does happen. But folk who want to release them or whatever, I just they need to have a look at themselves because too many is on form. The, the boy is, they can do everything. You know, he can score headers, he can score outside the box, he can pick passes, he can do the the full booner. So for me, he's he's crucial and he's so pivotal to our season next season if he's fit. I think, I think people, well, eh? like, yeah, people thing, like, pin... Sorry, I'm only going to... No, I was just going to say, I think that if, if you're going to play a midfield three, but you're asking the three midfielders to be more versatile than the ones that we've got at the moment, He's probably, for that reason, probably the first name in the team sheet. And then the next one behind him, in terms of versatility, is a guy that doesn't even play midfield for me, and that's Harry Clark. So immediately, you've probably got two of those midfield three positions filled. But time will tell. You can just quickly finish us on, Kevin Gangs. No, yeah, I just think people pinpoint this, oh, we didn't replace Martin Boyle or Kevin Nisbet's injury and stuff, but the season went downhill as soon as Kevin McGinnis got injured. The impact that he had on the team in the first, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, mid-August through to the late September through the sort of early European games and then uh, the early league games. He, the, the whole dynamic of the team changed when he dropped out of it. We went on the run under, obviously, under Jack Ross that he never recovered from. and It, it was huge. Joe Newell probably a much better player than again if he's there. Jake Bowie he's probably a lot better. He is massive for this Ibsen. And uh, Right, the starter. If that starter. Right, okay, next one, Josh Campbell, the much maligned Josh Campbell. So I, I was the one who was the outlier here. I, I said loan him, and I think loan him probably from the perspective of realism. I, I, I think it's going to be difficult to offload that lengthy contract. I think actually it makes probably more sense from the club's perspective to loan him out, and hopefully he goes somewhere where he plays some really meaningful minutes and contributes maybe in the championship. Um, maybe in League One, I don't know. Clubs maybe higher up in League One. Um, you guys have all decided to sell him. So on the basis that I'm outvoted to you one, uh, he's off skate because I don't really care that much either. From a, from, a, from a practical point of view, Liam, you're absolutely correct. You're not going to release him or sell him this summer for his contract. But I mean, I, we this is recorded. Josh Campbell is never going to rack up hundreds of games for Hubs. He's, he, he, I don't think he will and yeah 
sell because this was a hypothetical. Yeah, I'm never going to rack up hundred <laughs> subs, but I don't think you will. You are soft. He's not. He's not. Do you know? He's not going to. He's not. And and. Uh, I know you. I generally try to be positive, but he, he's no, and he's he's just not at the level to play for Hibs and where we want to compete, unfortunately. Just just before we move on, sorry for tangenting. Um, with better recruitment and better depth last season, um, Campbell probably could have had a career at Hibs. Um, and it was completely he was completely crucified because he had to play back to back games, and I feel sorry for that reason for him. Um, I don't think he's a dreadful football player, but I think that that period from December to January absolutely killed him. He had to play back-to-back games as a professional football player. He didn't have to play back-to-back games when the club was struggling. He had to play about seven games in a row, which you shouldn't have played in. For a young player, that's difficult when you're breaking into a football team. But he's part of the squad, so he's trusted to play the games. Aye, but he was thrown into it without much in the way of preparation. Like Obviously, he goes to training every day, but he's not training as like a first-team starter. You shouldn't just Again, expect young players that are playing for the first time to hit the ground running. So, seven games back-to-back is nothing as a professional football player, Harry. He's at the club. Yeah, he's training with the first team. He's expected to play games. That that's it. If he's more than playing seven games back to back, then that's up to him. But for me, that that's that is literally his job is to play football games for the football club. Right. I think right. what Harrison's got merit in the sense that you would. I don't think any young player should be coming in and unless they're an exceptional talent, a la a Josh Doig, because. There was games where Josh Campbell was very evidently out of his depth and he still played the next week. I think there is definitely merit, even seen it in Josh Doig's first season when Jack Ross took Doig out of the team and we've all praised him because, you know, he kept him fresh. He took him out for a couple of games and they adjusted and stuff, but he, he's just a slightly poorer version of John Newell and Jake Doyle's, even though he played left wing for Edinburgh City. The recruitment team... They didn't sign anyone. Obviously, they trust that Josh Campbell can do the job as a football player. So for me, that totally negates your argument for me. Like, but there we go. I was uh, going to uh, try and move us on there. I think I have now successfully to just put Josh Campbell in the red. We're going to sell him. He's off ski. Super. I love. I love decision making by committee. It's really, really straightforward. You <laughs> uh, and Henderson. I was, going to say, I was going to say, Harry talked me through Henderson. It occurred to me, you guys are probably too young to remember Harry and Henderson's, aren't you? Do you remember Harry and Henderson's? Nah, I think that was back in the... Yeah, no, actually, that's, that's when um, Greg started walking his dinosaurs back in the day, so I, Greg might remember that. Uh, Harry and Henderson's are sure, but uh, I think it was a it's good to see Harry still got his NHS specs on. <laughs> I think it was a gorilla that a family stumbled upon and he moved the gorilla and lived in their house um, Slightly older listeners will remember Harry and Henderson's form. It was a very good, very good sitcom. Anyway, uh, Harry, talk me. Henderson, you, you're the only one who's starting him next season. What did you see from you and Henderson that you think you should be starting next season? I just think in a better team, which hopefully we'll have after the summer, I just think he was a good player in a crap team. I think that with better finishers ahead of him, I think we would have seen a lot of goals set up by him. I think they got himself in really positive positions. He wasn't as clinical as we would have liked him to be. But I think that if he keeps on doing that and in a better team, those chances will come more often. I think that he'd absolutely thrive. Um, and at the moment at the club, apart from McGuinness, we've not really got any form of creative midfielder. Like Newell and Doyle Hayes proved that they can't be the creative outlets in the centre of the park. So what I don't understand until you've signed another two or three players why you would have Henderson on the bench. Not convince you, Ian? 
Uh, no. The, 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 I, I looked at you and Henderson maybe similar to Dimitri Mitchell. I think never going to be guaranteed starters, um, but they're definitely good options to have. And the only way I differentiated between you and Henderson and Mitchell was I feel Mitchell could be a starting left winger if Kyle McGuinness and you and Henderson are fit. Kyle McGuinness is a slightly better player, well, significantly better player for me in the position of attacking midfielder. So it's a just missing out on the start and I love him for me. Right. He's on the bench. I'm just getting other people to make my decisions for me. It makes it easier. Uh, Anderson means I don't have to get involved in any of the arguments. Anderson, you're on the bench. Right here. Here we go next. So uh, I think Lee Johnson said his correct pronunciation is Nohan Kenner. So we're going to go with Nohan Kenner. Um, no relation to Jeff Kenner that used to play for Birmingham City and Republic of Ireland. Uh, that would come as a surprise if you've uh, <laughs> seen the two people I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> no hand Kenner, right. Um, don't know how to segue <laughs> off of that. Uh, no hand Kenner on the bench. Uh, you, you've decided to start him. We'll talk me through why yeah. you're starting him. I watched his montage and I was bought in like a fool. <laughs> watched the three minute video and that was me sold for the first you time in years I'm going to get a hip strip and I'm going to get Kenna on the back of it I like this boy I like the fact that gets Bookman doesn't even play <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of that <laughs> He can kick it real hard and real long as well here, so it'll be it'll be it'll be good. Enjoys our tackle, so that's something we could do it. I think he's going to be my new Slavka. Uh, I can see that coming. Um, I'm, I just went bench Liam because he's 19. I know that I know we, we talk about age on this podcast a lot, but I would like to think that we're looking at a little bit more experience to come in and start next season. Uh, and maybe he's, I might be wrong with his age there, but uh, I apologise if I am. Um, no, but I think we've spoke about a sort of range of experience that we want to see brought in this summer. And for me, I'd be I'd love to be wrong and that he comes in and tears the place up. But having never kicked a ball really in first team football, I don't expect him to come in and start thirty plus games this season. League Cup could be the perfect testing ground for him next season. I think, to be honest, based on what I've seen of him and what I know about him in terms of his age, I think he's more likely to be a bench player in the start um, from the beginning of next season. But who knows, he might be, he might break in over the course of the season. So I'm going to mark Mohan Kenner yellow, I'm afraid. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. I, I don't have much analysis to put in. I just want to say that I would I would die for him. I love him. I think he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff lovely stuff right uh, the last of our central midfielders fucking hell there's a lot of central midfielders at the club uh, Dylan Tate uh, uh, one of probably two forgotten men for me kind of forgotten that he was there I think he went on loan to Kelly after probably being loaned back to Wraith and then got injured towards the end of the season and didn't really feature it was an almost unanimous verdict to bench him so we'll come to the person with a different uh, response which on this occasion is Harry um, your bench and Dylan Tate. Do you think he's going to get enough minutes off the bench for him to to continue his development? I just think that the way when we signed him, we kind of pitched him as this like breakthrough star we were hoping to feature in the team in the coming years. Um, I think we sent him out on loan, um, and I think that's probably the highest level that 
a team would take him. I don't think a Premier League team would take him. So for me, there's no point sending him to a lower level because I don't think anybody in the championship that was championship, sorry, um, of a better standard than Kilmarnock would want him. So for me, I just don't see the value in sending him out on loan. Um, I'd rather him be at the club. And then, as you say, we've got the League Cup games for these players to try and prove themselves and make a name for themselves as the season starts. We do like to stockpile central midfielders as well. They play in my time in Sporting House as well. At least six or seven centre mids on the books at any one time. Right. Um, G, you and you. I'll, I'll come to you first, G. Um, you, you, you said one. Would you go potentially give him pre-season, see, I would say pre-season, give him the league cup in pre-season, see how he develops? And how he looks Probably not. No, straight no. on. Man. Yeah. Um, didn't really do much at Kelly last season. That's that's a good enough benchmark for me. Because for me, the, the Dylan Tate should be shooting the lights out if he was going to get us even on the bench. Abs. The Bruins should be shooting the lights out with Kelly. So wasn't doing that. So he's, he's obviously not, not ready for even being included on the bench. So for me, it's got to be alone. Is there an argument to say that when he was on loan at Rafe Rovers, might have been bad decision making on the club's behalf to recall him from Rafe Rovers, a team that I think under John McGlynn people would generally recognise played through the field and played football, and then yeah. send them back out and loan to Derek McInnes, Kilmarnock side, or Tommy Wright, Kilmarnock side, whoever was managing yeah. the time, and midfielders generally watch the ball go over the top of their head at those clubs. Yeah, you're probably right, but then you look at Rafe's downfall, so once you think... sign Goodwillie, that was it, that was a season over, to be honest, and uh, I mean, and a team like Kilmarnock, he'll be dominating every other team in the league pretty much. So right. he, he should be he should be controlling games if he's going to even get a snip at the bench. Yeah. I think just purely based on the fact we've not put anyone in one yet. <laughs> Let's actually send someone out one. <laughs> Dylan Tate, you are going out on one. Sorry, Harry, you've lost out on that one. So a wee bit of context for players because I think one of the things I've, I've picked up for the, all the press and all the media Lee Johns has done so far is we are going to be needing wide players at the club, like proper wide midfielders. We've got three on the books at the moment and I think all three of them have probably not exactly amassed a huge number of minutes between the three of them and not a single one of us have said in the, the four options against the three players that they would start any of these players. So clearly the club uh, will be needing to recruit some wingers when we come in. So probably don't want to go over each of these in turn as, as individuals. But what I would say is I think we've probably reached a wee bit of consensus on that we don't have starters for these positions next season. I'm going to put, for the sake of our squad and for our depth, I'm going to put Dan McKay on the bench. I'm going to put Stevie Bradley on the bench. And our friend from Player of the Year Award, Mr. Runer Hauger, sorry Ewan, he's going to go out on loan um, because I think he needs to go and get minutes and play in Scotland. No, he absolutely, um, he absolutely needs level. minutes, but I think he's awful. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's incredibly harsh. I mean, under normal circumstances, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would, I would. Oh, go on then. Tell, tell me why. Why Jake is awful? Mate, I can't even remember who it was. He came off the bench and uh, obviously like, was being in the stand. Just and it was, I can't remember the game. Came off. It was a game after the Dundee game. And they came off the bench for two games and second half and he's just so bad. Like and okay, maybe well, he's got the same <coughs> maybe right. he's got the same thing with the grass and stuff, but I've never I, I was I thought he, I, I really, really thought he was bad. I'm I like I, like 
It was, um, it was Dundee well. United when Melkerson missed the back post chance. I'm sure he came off the bench there. And, uh, nah, I think nah, it was nah, that nah. game. Or maybe, maybe it was Aberdeen. But just yeah, Hanano was over eager. Like, just too excited. I know what game he's talking about. He, I think he was a little bit taken over by, you know, a, by the crowd. Aye. 100%. Do you know that absolutely probably as a factor? I think he tried a bicycle kick potentially to about the edge of the box, but just do you know, just he was on the touch line and like just basic things like really struggling to get the ball under control, pass in was a bit off. Just nerves probably a factor, but I don't. I think he's bad. I I am sorry. I think he's bad. Fair enough. Bad. Fair enough. Should, no. should, should be honest. I'd rather see him try to get on the ball and make things happen than, than hide like a lot of the players do. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to criticise him. Fair enough. Wide players. Well, we've got a couple that are going into our rather large bench that we've got putting uh, <laughs> together next season. <laughs> we've got many starters, but we've got plenty of guys to sit on the benches and spring on the water and do all the other things that subs do, warm up. Uh, right, okay, moving on to forwards. So only one consensus reach, which was that Kevin Nisbet, when he's fit, which is sort of scheduled to be around October time, would start, um, which leaves us really, if you're, if you're honest, without a, without a starting centre-forward or a natural starting centre-forward to begin the season with. Um, I'm going to be honest, I, I went for the different one on Christian Doidge, and this is where I probably differ from an opinion to... Well, well, to all of you, but my, my thinking with Dodge is I think he had probably one and a half really decent seasons at Hibs. Um, I think he's had a, a horrendous injury, and I know how bad that injury is because I, I know someone who's just recovering from it. Uh, the same injury at the moment, uh, it's, a, it's a really, really terrible injury, and I just don't think we've seen the best of him since since then. Uh, I also think that there's just a wee bit of recency bias at play because, to be honest, he has looked a shadow of himself since he came back in November and has you know, struggled to be fit towards the end of the season. You three guys have all opted to sell him. Um, I think I'd die on the hill that I would give him, at the very least, I'd give him pre-season to see what kind of condition he returns in and whether or not he's able to do it. Does anyone, anyone want to take me on in that one? I will yeah. be honestly, yeah. if I'm honest. So I'll just get mad. I, I think he'll be away. That that was just I think he'll be away. I wouldn't I'd be happy if he's still here. And I entirely agree. I think he had he's had that sort of eighteen months either side of a really poor start and then a really bad injury. I just don't think he'll be here. That's that's just my it's just a hunch. Okay. Um thanks you. Um for me. He will not be here, should be sold. Dreadful. Um, I've seen myself turn quicker um, and I'm slow. So, yeah, for me, adds nothing. He's not physical anymore. He's got no pace about him. He doesn't get in the right positions. Um, yeah, nah, well, let's get shot of him because we need, we need better ultimately. And if we're going to have a guy like that on the bench, then that's... If, if that's a level for the bench from this season, could be worse than last season. Aye, go on. And um, that point sounds quite harsh as well. But. Very harsh, aye, very harsh. Yeah. I like Deutsch as a player, and um, I think there is a use for him, but I, I don't know. I just think that we need to get quite a few players out of the club and allow to free up wages and stuff for Johnson to bring his own players in. It's not, I don't want to get rid of him because I think he's the worst footballer in the world. I just think that um, it's at a time where, as you said, he's not really had a consistent period of time at Hibs, and I think it's just a, it's just a natural time for him to leave, in my opinion. I'd rather sit, like I reckon we could get a 
not a decent amount of money, but a bit of money for him um, as opposed to letting him go on a free. Right. Okay. I disagree strongly, but we're, we're selling him because I've been outvoted. The last well, thing. No, 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 but what's your thoughts about Liam? Like, do you no, honestly just... think he can do a job? I, I, I think I think we're judging him too quickly. I think Lloyd for me has got enough credit in the bank over his first sort of yeah. eighteen months at the club to suggest to me that he should be given at least at, at the very least the pre-season the week up group stages to show whether or not he's fit and he's recovered from injury. And maybe you know part of it's down to personal experience. I've got a friend at work who's um, a marathon runner who's suffered that injury and has been uh, having all sorts of problems with it over the last last year to eighteen months. So I've seen kind of firsthand how difficult it is to recover from it. Um, and Deutsch came back for me far too soon. Um, an, an injury is serious that. There's no way he should have been back in, in, in November. I think he was rushed back because our form was poor. Um, and we had all sorts of things going on. And then we basically thrust him from nowhere into playing he- heavy minutes. And I would imagine what that's probably done is given him a real setback in his injury. I don't, I don't have any intelligence to tell me that that's the, the case or that I know that for sure. But... I would read between the lines that the fact he wasn't seen really from what probably about like mid mid late March onwards would suggest to me that um, that there was there was a there was an underlying issue there. So that was my thinking behind benching him. At least give him that. No, get, him, what, get him on the bench. Get him no, on the bench. No, nah, no. I've, I've changed I'm my mind. About, I'm all about the democracy. I'm all about. I think it's a democracy. Okay. I want uh, a revote. I want a recap. My, my like I say, I, I think he's still. A pretty good option, perhaps. I just think he won't be here. I, I can't. I, I don't. I'm not basing that off. I don't necessarily want him to sell him. I just think I, I'm not even sure if Christian Dodge would be happy with a role that we can offer him as second or third fiddle. He might want like so. I, I I'm not sure he will be here, but I would like him to be. I know I could sell, but it was for other reasons. He might, and he might not be. He might not be the centre forward that Lee Johnson wants. And uh, you know, if we're going to play wide men, of course, he's being hit. But I don't know how we kind of. I don't know if it's me that's been reading it that way, but I've kind of settled on that's going to be our formation for next season. So when we don't line up in a three, a four, three, three, I'm going to be surprised. But I do think for me, he's probably not a lone centre forward. Um, he probably is a guy that plays in a two, and I'm. How many teams play 4-4-2 these days? Not a huge number, so, yeah. We'll see. Right, Melkerson's the last one. Um, Melkerson's missed chances last season. I mean, there's, there's a number of them there. Obviously, Hakeem was not where he was on fire, but, um, yeah. <laughs> really, that was the only kind of, I suppose, right mark in his, his record. Harry, you've, you've loaned him out. Where, where, where are you loaning him to? Just out of curiosity, to get that experience. Kind of it's, it's difficult because um I don't know I, I I think just with the type of player he is I think like League One down south I think would be quite good for him like that's a league in which pacey strikers that try and run him behind would thrive he's not really the excuse for him coming in when he didn't get thrown into the first team straight away is he's not used to grass he'd get a decent amount of exposure to grass pitches down there and I think that a league that plays 46 games in a season he wouldn't have to start every week to get a good number of minutes under his belt but I think he definitely would start um, so I don't see the value in sending him to a team in the championship I don't think any Premier League team like if he hits the ground running like we want him to it would potentially strengthen people that could <laughs> take over us if next season's league's any similar to this one so yeah I'd say down south maybe League One like pushing like playoffs pushing the title League One um, but yeah that's where I would put him 
convincing argument, Harry, but sorry, you know, we repeat it once. So Melkerson yep. is, Melkerson is, I mean, this bench. <laughs> I mean, no, I hope that the, uh, I hope the development squad, the B squad, whatever they call, they've got plenty of games next season because that bench is is looking looking mighty full. Right, okay, so um, that's us going to conclude our review of the squad for for this this season upcoming. Um, I think it's fair to say there's some some pretty uh, pretty startling gaps in our starting eleven. So if we look at uh, our starters, we've got uh, a whole seven of them. So we've got Marshall and Greaves, we've got uh, Fortress, we've got Dive on the left hand side, Cadden and Clark both on the right hand side, McGuinness in the midfield, and Nisbet. Oh, I've missed out Joe Neal. So Joe Neal will go in there. Sure, can't you do it? Yeah, I Joe Neal, thank you. Um, so Joe Neal, so we've got eight. So we've got two centre midfielders at least, um, and we've got a goalkeeper. So those positions are the full complement. I think it's fair to say, looking at that, we're probably missing some width, and we're almost definitely missing a centre back. Um, on our bench, we've got Stevenson, Bill Hayes, Dabrowski, Hanlon, Delferia, Dimitri Mitchell, Paul McGann, Ewan Henderson, Nohan Kenner, Daniel McKay, Stephen Bradley, Elias Melkerson. Um, so, like I said, you know, pretty pretty hefty bench. 12 guys, is it? 12 guys in the bench? Jeez, right, okay. We need to do something about that. Uh, and then we're selling five. Macy, McGregor, Campbell and Dodge, but really we're just promoting or moving McGregor onto another position in the coaching staff, which makes sense. And then surprisingly, uh, only two people going out on loan. Um, so Dylan Tate and Bruno Hauger uh, going on loan to get some more first team minutes. So the squad review is complete. Um, some gaps in the squad. So let's let's go and address those gaps, shall we? Uh, and we'll, we'll 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 do them one after the other. Um, we'll start with we'll start with you, Greg, actually, because I'm interested in a couple, at least a couple of yours are, are interested. And one of the names is actually brand new to me. So um, bear in mind that we've got gaps in the wide areas, kind of. Probably got an opening in centre midfield, centre defence, and up front. Talk to me about the, your your recommendations. Okay, what what one have you not heard of before? Uh, Anthony Scully, new to me. Yeah, at Lincoln, um, came through the academy at West Ham. Um, let me just get his facts and figures up here because I was actually quite impressed. To be fair, um, quite a few games, quite a few goals. Uh, so I suppose he's a Probably more of a right or left winger. He's played um, 83 games and scored 24 goals in that position. So he's experienced in, in League One, uh, in League Two, sorry, I think he's been promoted to League One. So for me, I think a player who who's pacey, can play out wide on either side and can score goals is definitely something we require. We, we've seen that. Uh, we had to skip past the wide players section because we didn't have any. So he would fit in there perfectly. Um, not quite made it to the Republic Island first team yet, but has certainly played games for, for the youth teams, um, under-17s, under-19s, under-21s. So for me, I think he's only 23. I, mean, I would be very, very interested to get him up the road to see how he for the Scottish game, but I think you know, the, the way he's, the what leagues he's been playing in. Like? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that good. Um, <laughs> I'm just giving you names. <laughs> um, he's been at he's been at Lincoln for two years now, so maybe an extra year he's got. So I, I, I like I think that it's just a name that season. yeah, yeah, a name that I've picked out that yeah. could be promising. But I think you know yeah. his record's pretty decent for a wide player. So. You got that yeah. part right. You got a wide player, and I think if we were going to sign Anthony Scully, we would need to sign 
Dutch winger Hans Mulder to play another wing. Mulder and Scully hey. legs action. Yeah, I think that would be an absolute up, uh, He is 35. <laughs> I mean, he has to kick the ball in a few years, but I think for the pattern, it would be good. Uh, Anthony Scully, okay, I like that. Wide player recommendation, that's good. Uh, let's go to a name that's maybe a wee bit more familiar. You and talk to me about, so we've got, we're definitely missing a certain act. Talk to me about Colin McCarthy. What would he bring? I think over his spell at St Mirren, he's probably been consistently one of the best in the league. Um, probably a player that goes overlooked. I think centre backs can often struggle um, to garner that reputation if the team that they play in doesn't doesn't perform well. But I think it's pretty well known, especially under Jim Goodwin. Um, St Mirren's issue was putting the ball in the back of the net. They were relying on players like uh, Eamon Brophy and Curtis Main. Now two players that consistently score against Hibs and nobody else in the league. Um, I think Conor McCarthy's done a really good job there. Um, he looked set to make a move last summer. He did throw his toys out the tram a little bit at the start of this season, by all accounts, and found himself out of the team. Um, but St Minnan improved alongside himself in terms of his performances, and they have been a much better side when he's been in it. Um, in terms of profile, good experience in the league, good age. Um, yeah, I think I think it ticks a lot of boxes, and I'm pretty sure he might even be left footed as well um, to come in and replace Paul Hanlon. Um, I think it it makes sense for me. Um, might be a little bit safe, um, but it, I, I'll be honest. The three names that I've put forward, obviously, have all played in the league this season. Um, that's really the extent of my knowledge, and then I didn't really want to go down tipping that people I don't really know. Um, so, Conor McCarthy was one for me that stands out. I think, I think, I think he's right-footed based on having seen him play. Oh, he definitely fits the bill in terms of being out of contract. Um, Sorry, I'm thinking of McCarthy being left-footed. Someone who was a Cork City fan lied to me saying that he thinks he's away to Spain. Yeah, he's got an offer in La Liga or La Liga too. Um, so, oh. that, that was a while ago and that hasn't happened yet. So, um, I think the only reservation with McCarthy, I think, in terms of the characteristics, of the second half in this league, I think he's got it all, but it does seem to be a wee bit injury prone. I think quite a bit of time out of the team at St. Mirren. Um, and, and so he'd be a sign that I'd definitely be interested in, but I'm, I'm yeah, probably on the fence with that one a wee bit, to be honest. Um, not, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced we're going to get him anyway based on, based on those whispers, but we'll see. You know, yeah, well, yeah, I think so. We've not got anyone at the club anymore who's got any association with St. Mirren, so signing some of their ex-pros <laughs> might, <laughs> might, 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 might be a bridge too far. Um, Harry, I'm going to come to you because you've got a fucking left field name uh, that I quite like to look of, which was, uh, I think it's just a class name to begin with, Odaluga hey. of Fire. Talk to me about Odaluga of Fire. Right, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, um, my, my thinking was I think Lee Johnson's going to use um, across the border quite often um, and the fact we didn't really get use our Brighton partnership um, so Odaluga Ofaya how are we pronouncing it um, as a centre-back I've done some reading into him he's highly touted by fans of the club and the coaches of the club say that he's a very promising talent he played 21 times in the Premier League 2 last season and he's just a big tall powerful centre-back that likes to carry the ball um, 
I think I don't think he's going to come in and be a starter next season, but I think he'd be a really good depth option. It'd be the type of loan that I would hope with the partnership we've got with Brighton that we could probably secure without fee and for two years. I don't like signing teenagers for a one-year contract, so we can get him for a couple of years because he turns 20 in October. So by the time he leaves us, he'd be 22 and hopefully ready for Premier League football because he rips it up that much in uh, the Scottish game. So yeah, I just... I'm, I'm, as you can tell by my options, I'm kind of gunning for getting centre-backs in. Uh, the second <laughs> option there, Ross Graham, another relatively raw option. Ross Graham, I believe, made his debut in January for Dundee United and another one that's just hit the ground running and been very impressive. He kind of reminds me of Jason Kerr in the way that he plays. He's confident on the ball, also good in the air and pretty dominant in one-on-one situations. I've not seen anything from him that says that he wouldn't be an absolute star if he signed for the club. Only problem with him, I think he would probably cost a fair bit of money to take him from Dundee United. I don't know how long his contract is, but because he's young, I wouldn't expect it to be too short. He's an interesting one as well, because I think he was on the way to Dunfermline in the first half of last season. Uh, Dunfermline fans thought he was terrible. And then he went went to Dundee United and he's pulled up trees. So a bit of a small sample size, I think, because he's only maybe played like 15 games, but he's still relatively young. I think I might be right in saying he's left-footed. I I believe so, yeah. I that wrong before, um, but I think I might be right in saying he's left-footed. So he's, he's definitely an intriguing one, but as you say, we would definitely require a fee to take off Dundee United's hand, which maybe makes it unlikely, but you, you never know, I suppose. Um, I'm going to touch on a couple of mine, if that's all right, unless you've got anything else you want to say on Rusty, I'm high. Um, no, no, I, I just wanted to um, cover our backs, um, just in case some of the rumours that I've seen in the papers are true. I'm just going to say that um, this podcast thinks Conor Ronan's shite, um, and that is all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a worrying, worrying one. Um, I'm going to talk to a couple of mine. I mean, you'll be familiar with, with Stephen Fletcher, a man that probably needs no introduction, uh, unless you're 15 or something like that, then maybe it does need an introduction, I don't know. But um, yeah, obviously a very very good career and I think he's someone who's probably eked every single ounce of talent he's got out of his body and therefore mm. um, you know I think that is to be respected and looked up to and I think he's a great role model for, for some of the other forwards in the team don't know how likely or unlikely that one is but he'd definitely one I'd want um, that one's probably I think everyone expects the sort of Ross County or ex Ross County player that everyone would be going after would be even Charles Cook but for me I think Joseph Ringbow on the sort of two or three occasions I saw them last season, uh, out of games against us, I thought he was probably the more complete player uh, already at a younger age as well. He's only 21, 22. He's on he's you know, been on loan from Watford, so I think with with some incentives, I think we could probably pick him up from from Watford either on a loan or permanently. Uh, I think he's definitely someone we get after. Scored I think seven or eight goals from midfield last season as well, and always kind of played sort of one off the striker. Um, but he probably ticks the bill in terms of being a a wide player who, who can come inside and he's got a bit of physicality and a bit of pace as well to kind of mix things up a little bit. So he's, he's one I'd be interested in. Um, and then another one is a sort of a dabble in the league Ireland and watch the occasional game from over there. And um, a player from from uh, from Bohemians who I'm certainly not a fan of, but uh, one of the one of the <laughs> Dawson Devoy, who I think is one of the brightest young players in the league Ireland, um, kind of an all energy sort of all action centre midfielder. Um, I suppose a bit like Kyle McGuinness, but a bit of a Sammy knife can kind of do it all. Um, scores goals, links up the play. Um, he, he's under contract, so it would, would take a fee for us to get him. I believe that MK Dons have shown an interest in him uh, relatively recent as well. So I don't know if it's someone that would be, be on our radar, but I think there's some a similar in the over the last couple of years, maybe even longer. There's definitely quite a lot of talent in the League Island that's quite an untapped market in terms of, well, no, it's not because it is a tap market because Simmer and go into it, but for us, 
not really a place that we've signed a huge number of players yeah. for from, um, which is maybe surprising given our, given our links to Ireland. But um, yeah, uh, he's, he's one that I would definitely, definitely be, uh, be interested in if he became available. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give Bohemians the money. To be honest, <laughs> I thought you might say that. Or you might say that. Wait till Can I just... then. <laughs> we'll take us. Should take us. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'd just like to put on record. I know. And I know he's on Harry's list, but I don't want us to touch uh, Regan Charles Cook for a large pool. I think. I, I think he had a purple patch in January, February, and that was it. Right. I. I, I think his sample size of being shite in this league is a lot bigger than his sample size of being good. I, I think that he's a physical player that is relatively quick. Um, and I think if he played for Hibs, he'd be a good like seven to 10 goals a season. I don't think he would be our best player, but I think he'd be effective. And it's a position that we desperately need covering. And I don't think he'd be the most expensive option in the world either. We've done Megan Charles Cook. Uh, right, you used to have still left, left, so we'll quickly, quickly go through these. Liam, Liam Lindsay. Liam Lindsay's left side, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Liam Lindsay's a left footed centre half, six foot four. Um, done Is there reason for one them getting Paul Hanlon out of the team for good? Is that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like a left left sided slash left footed player in the back, back three, four, whatever. Um, Sucker for a left foot and a half. Uh, I think, I think he's probably a, not a million miles away from from being realistic. Um, not played a, a huge amount of games for Preston to be honest this season, but that's probably one of the reasons I think we can probably go and get him. Good time at, at Barnsley to be fair, done very well. Um, been pretty solid everywhere else he's been so. Done very well at Partick Thistle. Obviously, that was younger in his career, but I think I think he's a player that we should go after. To be honest, you get him back up the road. I think I think he's definitely someone that would add value. Good experience at twenty six. He's been places. He's done things. But like Billy Brown, so yeah, for me, it's a no brainer going after someone like Liam Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, and let's just finish us off on your recommendations, then, Greg. Uh, Michael Duffy. Derry City winger, I think. Um, That's correct. Started his career at Derry, then went to Celtic, then went two places on loan, then went to Dundalk. 2017-2021 winger, 152 games and 41 goals. Not a bad return. Um, Pacey, right food, can play on the left. Probably, probably quite an unpredictable player. Uh, from what I've seen of him, he can go. Round the outside or, or cut inside, he's he's not just like Jimmy Murphy in a one-trick pony. So, yeah, and he, he's obviously got an eye for goal as well. For me, if we don't sign Scully or Duffy, I won't be renewing my season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Scully and Duffy on the wings. I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite up for that. To be honest, I, I find them how you describe them. Do you go score them? I know it's not sign. quite Mulder and Scully, but Duffy and Scully sounds not bad. Not bad at all. Right, you and round us off on the recommendations. We we have kind of just skipped we sort of skipped over Conor Ronan. I believe that Dylan Levitt signed a one year extension with my United. Presumably not to with a view to be in an Eric Ten Hag's uh, uh, plans for the uh, beginning of the new season. So you would imagine he's going to go somewhere and won't pitch for us why we should be trying to sign Dylan Levitt. I think he had a really good season at Dundee United. Uh, Special that like since he, since he came in, uh, definitely in the second half of the season, even towards the end of the year, finished strong. Um, 
capable of controlling games. I know we have a running joke on here about Cam Courts, but I think he's been very demanding on him. Uh, he scored, I think there was a one specific game, he scored a proper world and he sort of hammered him a little bit after the game in terms of not taking control of the game after that. Um, I think he could be a bit of a missing piece in the midfield. Um, high energy, I think that's what we expect from Hibs this season. You know, we've spoke a lot about number sixes and maybe that's because, maybe that is because Sean Maloney um, spoke, spoke about a number six, but there's nothing here to suggest that Lee Johnson might not want all energy across the entire of the park. Um, and I think that's the sort of player that we should be looking at. The other one I mentioned is obvious and unfortunately seems likely that he's going to end up at the other side of town was Connor Ronan, I think. Um, I think a lot of Hibs fans actually probably hold him in higher esteem than maybe anyone else in the league outside of St Mirren um, because he seemed to have very good games against us consistently this season. Um, but similar similar to Dylan Levitt, um, I think they're actually very similar players. Levitt probably just edges it for me, though, I would say just mm-hmm. now. Um and obviously getting recognition with Wales just now as well. Um, I think he played not against Ukraine, but in the friendly beforehand. Um, just sort of went played it safe, to be honest, with players that I knew. Um, no wide player on my list because there's not one wide player in Scotland that stands out to me. Um, and like I say, my knowledge of sort of Championship League 1, League 2 down south is slim to zero. Fair enough, fair enough. No, I mean, I think all three players would, would, would definitely definitely add something. I'm sad that I think we're probably going to miss out for Conor Ronan, but um, maybe don't don't quite address some of the, the holes that we've got in the squad. Um, okay, I think we'll, we'll kind of just finish up there. Um, lots of debate, lots of discussion. Um, we did we did work through our squad review um, of starters, bench, sells and loans. Do let us know what you think. Um, share with us what you think we got horrendously wrong. Um Tell us a few <laughs> the rare the chance that you think we maybe got it right, uh, and also let us know if there's any players that you think we should be looking at. Um, we'd love to tell us if you Bohemians as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to see some left field suggestions. Uh, I think sometimes when it gets this time of year, kinds the same names quite often kind of crop up and go around the rumour mill. Um, I'm probably guilty of that. I mentioned Stephen Fletcher and all fairness, but uh, no, it'd be good, good to hear from you guys what you think. Um, We've no plans, I don't think, to record probably next week, maybe do one in a couple of weeks or something. Uh, we'll just be back when there's some news, essentially, something worth talking about beyond us harping on for an hour and a half about our <laughs> squad. Uh, it's been a long one, so thank you for staying with us. Um, we'll catch you soon. Bye. Thank you very much. Cheers. Take care. That was good. <laughs> Thank you.